Hi, this is James, and this is Home from the Therapist. Thank you for joining us this week. Uh, this week we have a little bit of a review. Um, we're trying to move forward from uh, the events of last episode. So uh, I hope you enjoy this. I want to remind everybody that uh, you can find us at www.homefromthetherapist.com. We also have a short URL that's uh, www.hfttpodcast.com. And we're on social media on Facebook and Instagram uh, at uh, HFTP, no, HFTT Podcast. <laughs> so, uh, Check us out. Uh, give us a follow. Give us a like. Um, you know, leave a comment. Let us know what you think of things. Let us know what. Uh, if you have any questions for me uh, or anything like that, appreciate uh, any input you have. I appreciate you as a listener. So, um, once again, I thank you for joining us, and um, this is this week's episode. Hi, this is James, and you are listening to Home from the Podcast. This is a special edition, as I uh, had an additional appointment that I had to set up. So, I want to welcome you all today. I uh, hope uh, that you got a little bit of time on your hands. I had to make some extra, but <clears throat> it's uh, ultimately it's worth it. Um, the uh, focus during these last couple ses sessions has been, um, I have to be honest, has been family-based. And I have to, uh, have had to focus on family. That's been an important part. Uh, and make sure that their needs are met, that they're taken care of, that they feel safe and things like that. So that's what I've been focusing on. Um, for those of you who follow the podcast or have been listening, um, I uh, had a had an event happen, uh, and um, that affected my family. Um, it was uh, inflicted on my family, and uh, I had a. Um, duty to uh, protect them and take care of them, and all at the same time while managing my feelings and emotions. <clears throat> so, you get the, uh, I, we would say urge, you get the urge to uh, to take action sometimes, and that, that's rooted often in emotion. And I know, even before any of this happened, that uh, much of my emotion, even anger, <laughs> actually, a lot of the time anger is based in fear. We take fear. We don't want to be afraid. We're told not to be afraid. We don't like how we feel when we're afraid. So, oftentimes, we take that and we flip it and go to anger. It allows us to be assertive and aggressive. Um, tells us that we protect ourselves, I think, is what we're trying to do. Anyway, I, uh, I'm i not going to lie. I'm still very upset. I, um, I, I, I just can't go into... Uh, the particulars of it, and I hope you understand. 
maybe I will reveal it someday, but there's it's still it's still too fresh. Um, and so, like much of this podcast, I still have my secrets. Uh, many of them are 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 being unraveled. Uh, ultimately, my actions in this time period and, the, and, and how I've dealt with it, how I felt, uh, much of that I discovered is rooted back into my previous issues that I have. And so uh, in dealing with this, I've become very aware of how I'm affected at times like this um, because of what happened to me previously. And I know that I need to deal with it. I I just don't feel like I'm ready. <clears throat> so I don't know I don't know when I'm gonna be ready. You guys can root me on uh going to my webpage www.homefromthetherapist.com and uh, I got it wrong in last week's intro. We're on social media at HFTT Podcast. That's Home From The Therapist Podcast. <clears throat> so, um, I got that wrong. I left the podcast part off. I think I just said P. So, misdirecting all kinds of people, but hopefully some somebody knows how to Google and hopefully we'll turn up. But the other way you can find us, and I didn't mention this last week. Maybe I mentioned it during the episode. I was very emotional, so I don't remember if I did or not. Um, you can uh, also find us in all the major podcasting platforms. We are, of course, based out of Anchor.fm, but we're also on um, Apple, iTunes, um, and all the other Spotify, all the other big guys. Oh, there's my alerts and alarms going off. I've got uh, stuff to do. I need to be moving. But um, I have to, uh, you know, I feel obliged to my audience. And, of course, as you know, I am also part of that audience. My, I receive as much as I give in this, in this process. And that's uh, purposeful. I really believe that uh, in doing this, it, it helps me. So I hope uh, in some way that it helps you. And um, whether that's directly or uh, maybe just indirectly as being entertainment. So for those of you who have been following along are probably wondering where we've ended up based on my emotional episode last week. And uh, I I called that episode Rage Against the Machine and it was, it was I, I had a reasoning behind it. I believe that um, I knew that I couldn't act out in my emotion, that I have to be reserved. There is a role that I have in my family as husband and father uh, I have a position at head of the household. Now I'm a a co-CEO, but m- one of my areas of of interest, one of my duties, is security. I need to make everybody know that they're safe, that I will protect them, that I will put myself in harm's way for them. I think um, a lot of fathers would say that they would die for their family, and I certainly would. And uh, I, I have, I've said that last week uh, to my family uh, during uh, particularly emotional times. You know, sometimes we don't realize that we haven't said things. That we feel like we are um, one way, but we don't let everybody else know that. You can do that sometimes purposefully, but generally, if you believe that you are head of the household, yet you don't do anything to act in that position, 
then you're lying to yourself. And uh, you're believing a lie. Everyone else believes something else. And you'll be surprised when you think that you have rights or privileges or, or that you can do something in that role. And um, somebody's already done that or they're taking care of it because they know that or they feel like they can't tr trust you or can't um, depend on you. And I, I don't want to be in that place. I want to be, uh, I do want to be head of my household. I do want to be the protector of my family. I know I'm capable of it. Um, I've played football. I've been in the Army. I was a bouncer at a nightclub. Uh, <laughs> I'll go into that one day. So <clears throat> I know I'm capable of protecting my family I, I, uh, in, in more ways than one. So I... I this week I've had to assert that and let my family know that um, and I hope that they found comfort in that there's a, you know when you're going through a difficult time when you're going through a trial you still have to be deliberate you still have to uh, keep your head about you and that's uh, you know as being a bouncer being in the army uh, I of course have been taught that through uh, the leadership of, of many good men. And uh, I, I hope, I believe, that it's paid off recently. It's not easy, it's difficult. But I'm going to tell you the secret. Who wants to know the secret of, of how to not act emotionally in a trying situation? I bet somebody does. I do. Um, <laughs> the secret is there's actually two that we came out with in this session and I was uh, effectively using one not so much the other but um, the other needs to, to come more in focus the first one was is that I realized uh, over the past sessions that my mind is, has created a, a block. There's a place in my mind where I'm keeping my 11-year-old self and as a method of protecting myself from uh, some emotional pain. And uh, at times, I let that 11-year-old drive. I let the 11-year-old take control. I don't even realize it's happened. I, you know, I really, uh, maybe it's why I like the Hulk. It feels a little bit like that. Or Jekyll and Hyde. Not that, you know, I'm bipolar or schizophrenic or... Right. I guess maybe schizophrenic, isn't it? By the way, this is home from the podcast, and I, I better start driving, because last week I didn't. Um, split personality is where, and that's it. I'm remembering my psychology class. It's been uh, 20-some years. Uh, although I did get... Uh, I did receive credits, uh, transfer credits for those for college, so that's good. That means it's, I guess it's still applicable today. I don't, I don't feel that way. Uh, that I, I, That's not what happens. I, uh, you just do it. And, and a lot of times um, it is... You become overcome with feelings of selfishness, which is common to 11-year-olds. 11-year-olds are very selfish, although you may have an 11-year-old that is not selfish and is very giving. I think you'll find at times that uh, sometimes they can be selfish. Even if you have a unselfish 11-year-old, and God bless you if you do, that, you know, I have a 12-year-old and uh, he's, he's just like his dad. But if you um, if you have a 11 year old who is never selfish, think back to your own time, you know, time as an 11, 12 year old, and I think that you will put it on yourself that you were selfish a lot of the times, that your actions were not in the interest of your family or or brothers or sisters or friends. Now you may have had opportunities or instances where you did uh, act. Um, you know, the right way. And, um, 
but I think we know ourselves, and I think we can, if you're honest, you'll admit that you often, now as an adult even, act in selfishness. Man, I can tell you, lukewarm McDonald's coffee with cream and sugar. Oh, boy. That is a dessert. That's what I'm drinking on. Anyway, um, so this 11-year-old, I let him drive. And I'm not talking about this car I'm driving. I, actually, you know what? I am wrong. I did let that 11-year-old drive recently. And I had to go before the magistrate. Uh, not because I was reckless driving, although if a couple miles per hour or more, and I, I would have been. Uh, it was because I was speeding. Uh, so I went in front of the magistrate to, to beg for mercy, and uh, the magistrate wasn't hearing it. I think they might say that they felt like they were being lenient, but uh, I ended up paying more because of the court costs than I would have if I just suck it up and ate the ticket uh, instead of trying to to plead to his uh, mercy. Anyway, I digress. I uh, sometimes let the 11-year-old drive the car. Um... I, when you're aware that you have this immature um, personality within uh, within you, uh, instead of taking the place, the rightful place of your mature self in your actions, you figure out that that younger, immature self is, is in control and, of course, will act selfishly. And in selfishness, selfish children, uh, any of you that have children or know any, you know that they can be, you know, temperamental. How's that? Uh, about uh, short-fused. I got a, I got a daughter, six-year-old daughter, with a short-fused boy. Woo! You can turn on a dime. You might have a kid like that. <clears throat> so then, if you do, uh, I think you'll know where what I'm talking about. Because you'll find yourself reacting very quickly in emotion. You, you'll get angry. You'll get upset. You'll get scared. And sure, there'll be reasons oftentimes illogical reasons, but there are reasons that you act this way. And uh, I talk about a lot of times on this podcast, I think those reasons are often rooted in lies that we've convinced ourselves, lies that we tell ourselves, um, and we use those lies as our foundation to act we're to let the 11-year-old drive and act out in emotion. So this is the structure that I've built for myself, and, and I realize this. Now, that is a big part, man. Big part. Once you realize it, that you're letting the kid drive, that that kid's there. Whether, whether you know why the kid's there or not, I I know what my, why I have that kid there. I know what event happened in my life where my brain is trying to protect me and um, I've talked to other people and they know where theirs lie there are traumas in your life and your, your mind tries to protect you tries to keep you safe you halt your growth emotionally and you, you stay there and we have a duty to ourselves and the ones we love to pursue growth it's what you ask your children to do when you send them to school every day. You say, well, you know, you better do this or you're going to get a, so you can get a good job. They don't understand that. But I think you can relate it to your children that they should want to grow. They should want to learn. I think if you teach your kids that, that's very admirable. Um, it's admirable if your child does that. I mean, you know kids still act as kids and they they don't want to go to school because they don't want to go through the effort or 
They'd rather play video games. When you're 45 years old and you don't want to go to work because you want to play a video game, that is the 11-year-old. See how that works? So, this uh, period, this event that happens, I was aware that I might want to act out. So I was held on like all my might to the fact that I am 45 years old, that I need to act that way, and act in the interests of my family in the way that a 45-year-old man and father and husband conducts himself. And that understanding is, you know, I think it's societal, cultural, um, that's going to be different depending on where you are, where you live. But it was enough to get me through this period somewhat. Now, that's not going to be enough in the long haul. If you have a prolonged trial, uh, there's a very real possibility that you'll buckle under the um, strain of your trial. I'm fortunate that this one has been somewhat short-lived. We did deal with it effectively, I believe. Um, so it's um, the fact that it's been taken care of and wrapped up somewhat wrapped up but it still remains to be seen but uh, that that is going to be um, based on the fact that that we conducted ourselves in a right and proper manner and and worked in the best interest of others and didn't act emotionally or selfishly and I, and I think that you're going to find that oftentimes that's going to be true but that's not always going to be the case sometimes you, you can't help that things are going to, your trials are going to be longer, that they're going to be harder, that they're going to take more. So you can't grip on to this ideal version of you. Because at some point you're going to say, I'm tired. I, I don't have it in me. I, I just want to lay down. And you'll let go. You'll let go of your grip. And you'll let the 11-year-old the take over. And the 11-year-old just wants to ball up on the floor, hide under the bed, go in the closet. You know, I used to do that as a kid. I don't know if any of you um, used to do that. Uh, go hide in the closet. Maybe you might play in the closet. I think I played in the closet. I have I have memory problems. I was in the military. I got knocked in the head a couple times. It's what they call a TBI. Uh, of course, it might be Gulf War thing, but uh, there's definitely memory problems going on. So I don't I don't always remember everything, and and I hope that what I do remember I have a right memory of. There's always possibility. Hey, school zone. Um, there's always possibility that I'm not remembering it right. Um, I hope that's not true. And I have to rely on uh, others to uh, to make sure that, that I'm remembering things right. But the way I remember being a kid is that I used to hide or play in the closet. And you know what? That dark little closet feels... The memory of that feels comfortable for me. That... Um, that if I could go to that place right now, that it would be a little bit cool and there would be maybe some clothes or a blanket that were laying around on the floor and, you know, I could sit on that in there, feel it around my feet and I could lean up against the corner There'd be these clothes kind of hanging down in my hairline. And I could sit in there. Hey, another school zone. I could sit in there and, and in the dark and look through the crack and, and 
felt my back was back and sides were protected. I could see just through that little crack. I could control the amount of light coming in and the amount of input, sensory input. Um, and I felt comfortable in that place. And I, I just going back there, I can remember it. I can feel it pouring over me, the comfort. You know, maybe I need to use that. May I, you know, I don't know if that. I think that's a thing, where you kind of meditate and you go to your happy place or whatever, or you, you know, you get your your spirit squirrel and you guys go and you. If I get a spirit animal, I'm telling you, it's a ferret or a squirrel or a chihuahua. That's why we have chihuahuas. I love chihuahuas. I identify with that. Um, it's, it's uh, you know, whatever. Anyways. My, uh, me and my spirit animal, we're going to go hide in the closet. It's, uh, that's the story of my mental state, folks. You know what? Podcast over. That wraps it up. That's me. Okay. Now, um, you can't do that. We know we can't do that. You can't, can't go to that place and ball up on the floor of your office under the desk. Oh, man. I've felt like crawling under the desk before. At work. Wouldn't that be awesome? Now, I work in IT, so there have been times when working at 2 and 3 in the morning and working with other guys, we're trading off, waiting for a phone call from a provider or something, waiting for stuff to come back up, and you ball up under your desk because there's no light under there and you want to close your eyes for like 30 minutes because you're so tired. I was in the Army. I could... The Army taught me to fall asleep anywhere. Any of you military guys, you know, put me in the back of a truck. The noise of a diesel going down the highway. Oh, man. Rack out. Rack out. Go to sleep. I'm sure there are Navy guys that hear water splashing up against something. They've got a six-inch crevice they can crawl in. I don't know if you've ever been on a boat, a submarine, and look at where those guys sleep. Holy cow, man. I, that's, I was done, man. No Navy for me. Well, you know, I'm over six feet tall, too. It's, you know, you got to crouch. They, they make the Navy, man, whew, little guys or something. And I don't know how they crawl into those beds. It's like a CAT scan every night. My wife, she can't go for like a CAT scan, CT scan, whatever those are where they put you in the tube. Uh, she, they got to give her like medication. And they got to hold her hand and talk to her the whole time. I, you know, I, I at least can close my eyes and, you know, call upon my inner soldier and just tough it out. Navy guys... That's where they sleep. They wake up and they're looking at the bottom of a bunk. Man, wow. And it's like... It's like three inches away from your nose. I, I don't know. I, I don't get it. Good on you, Navy guys. I also could not be out at sea. Like, I can't stand the thought of like, yeah, there's water here, but that goes down like two miles. You know, like you fall in that, you just keep falling. Forget the fact that there are probably really big fish. It's just that dark expanse that just goes on. I don't know. I'll talk to the... Maybe that will be a therapy session. So, uh, apparently I've gone off on a tangent. Um... I don't know how I got on the army guy, the military guy. I guess that's uh, that's par for the course. Sorry, guys. This has been an absolute. We used to call that uh, the train has gone off the tracks. You know how they say you got a train of thought. The train goes off the tracks. The train goes off the tracks. Nothing. I knew what I was talking about. I don't even remember. It's gone. It fell off. I was talking about. Uh, how I've handled this... Oh, I know what it is. It's uh, clinging on to... Uh, clinging on to your ideal of uh, what you should be as a 45-year-old. And that only gets you so far. Um, and, it, there, and there are different things you can call on, experiences. 
The reality isn't what you can hold on to and looking to the past or the present of what you think you are or even the future of what you think you should be. That, that's not gonna it's not gonna be enough. What it's gotta be is the secret. Here it is. Everybody. Oh man, the road noise. It must be really annoying. I bet it kicked off right there. I need a producer, seriously. Um the secret is, guys, I've talked about it before. You're gonna be mad. It is your plan A. It's plan A. It's what are you what are you making your plan A? If you're if you're making your plan A the comfort, the happiness of another. If I look, I do. I, I have a responsibility to the uh, happiness of my wife and her emotional state and whether she feels protected. Yes, I have a duty to that, but that isn't the plan. I'm not going down this road. I'm not taking an action because that outcome must be my wife's emotional state, her happiness. Because then if she is not happy, I have failed. And then my plans have fallen apart. And my emotions that I've tied to that, you know, everything crumbles. That's not sustainable. That's You can't build a foundation on that, guys. You have to build your foundation on what your focus, what your main plan A is, is your spiritual source. It's God. And there are people who are going to listen to this and they convince themselves there is no God, and if there is, they don't have a need for him, or that he's too big for them. You've got to get in the right place. You're not in the right place. You need to evaluate your situation and your understanding. I told my son just recently, we were talking about the possibility of alternate dimensions and the quantum realm and I explained to him is that men of science were pursuing God. God was their plan A. And there are some people who are going to say, oh, well, they were just trying to convince themselves. No, they were trying to understand God, the mind of God, who God is, knowing that it's unattainable, that God is too big. They still pursued it in growth. They were trying to grow, so they acted in science. And there are still great men of science who are acting in science in pursuit of God and knowing and understanding, yet believing and knowing that, that it, He is too great. You pursue the source, your Creator, that which designed and made you. We are infinitely and intricately designed and created. And if you believe otherwise, you are a fool. That is my belief. I, you know, that's how it has to be, guys. I, I you know, if people just tuned out, I. That's, it is what it is. I, I've got to be me. I've, this is who I am. This is my understanding. You came here to hear me. I'm not going to apologize for knowing truth. And the truth is, is that I'm created. I look on my children and know that I was part of their creation. I am part creator. And as a creator, when you look at your creation, then you understand. I have a creator. My parents were part of my creation. But they know there is something 
more. There is a designer. We are just the machinery that this creation of human beings comes out of. We are the material and the machine, but we are not the designer and the operator. Scientists look out into space, and as our vision gets stronger and we can see further, it only gets deeper and more complex, and our understanding of how infinite it is. And we turn our gaze inward and look down past the cells, past the atoms. Yes, watch Ant-Man, okay? Down to the quantum realm. And we keep drawing these lines. We keep saying, this is the smallest piece. This is the smallest particle. There are guys at CERN that would tell you we are pursuing that which is smaller, which is what makes that up? Guess what? There is something that makes that up every time. It is infinite. And you cannot stand at the precipice of creation and mock the Creator. How do you do that? How does you, the Creator feel? His creation standing there denying in light of all that's around it. <laughs> Man, we are very, very special, I tell you. But um, that's plan A. If you make your focus your source, your creator, knowing what your creator wants for you and what you should be doing, then that is the right path. You can be assured that if you are operating in the interests of what your Creator wants for you. How you should act as a child of the light, the child of the, of the Source, a child of the Most High. If you act, you can be assured that you will act Appropriately. Now, people are still going to be hurt. They're going to not be happy. But you know what? You aren't tied to that. Your emotional well-being and your value of your success or failure isn't tied to that. Then you're free to not be selfish when they're upset but to decide how you can still better help them or still make the right decision and go the right way instead of being tied to whether they're happy or not. And then if they're not happy, then you're not happy and, and everything just falls apart and your life is falling apart. Your miserable existence. You are a child of the Most High, the Creator of all that is. He is greater than as far as we can see. He is beyond space and time. As we expand in our knowledge, we are only... We know we are only grasping the smallest percentage of infinite understanding of all that there is. Yet He is greater. Make Him your plan A. That's what happened in my session today. I was reminded that I acted much of the time 
in the right way because I was focusing on being a 45-year-old man instead of an 11-year-old child. Yet, I didn't make my plan focused on the Most High, on my Creator, on the Source, and what He wanted. By the way, I, I don't want anybody to get tied up on uh, the whole he-she thing for a Creator. Because you know what? If you are trying to box in the God of all that is, the Creator of the Universe, into a gender, uh, I, you know, I, we really, really need to be careful of trying to box in our God. I believe he told us specifically in a commandment. I, I believe that he told us. He gave us ten rules. He said, if you want to know me, if you want to understand me better, here are ten rules. This is the law. This is what you put everything up against. If you take your goals and your focus and you put it up against the law, those Ten Commandments, they become a mirror unto which you can discern right from wrong. God is total and complete righteousness. And righteousness cannot be next to wrong or unrighteousness. Makes sense, right? In the logical. If he's God, creator, he is creator of all. He is completely righteous and just. Just. Just means justice. That means if it goes against him, against the Creator, against his law, then it's wrong. And in being wrong, it cannot be next to him. And we put everything up against that. And if you are gender-identifying God. You are creating a false idol. That is number two on the list. Um, number one is, uh, don't put any gods before me. I'm your God. I created you. Don't put anything before me. And we can get into that one in a minute. The second one is, don't create false idols. Now, some people might think those are kind of the same thing. They're not. Because if you create an image of God, whether in stone or painting or sculpture, whatever, you know, I don't know. That comes from an image in the artist's mind. That image is the idolatry. It is the creation. It is the false idol. It is your perception. It is you trying to contain that which is uncontainable. That which is unknowable. You can throw up your arms and say, well, if he's unknowable, grow up. Grow up. Our goal in growth should become, should be to become closer to our God, our Creator. If you want to become closer to your God, your Creator, you need to come to understand your God, your Creator, your Source. And your Source cannot be contained. Do not design a box that you can't put your God in. You're doing it because it helps you to feel comfortable. You have got to let that go. You've got to know that he is 
unknowable, uncontainable. He is greater. And in that, you will know that He is worth, worthy of our admiration, our idolation, our love. And so then, when you have those things in place, then you can begin to look at plan A. Make him your plan A. Act everything you do. You act in the interests of your creator. And whether you're doing it in love for your creator and idolatry for your idolation of your creator <clears throat> or if you're doing it the wrong way if you're if you're creating a false idol if you are worshiping a false idol or false version of god um, this is the core this is the this is the beginning of it all because every everything else can be brought back to this place and people will say that I believe that God wouldn't do this or wants me to do that is okay with me doing this <clears throat> and it comes back to this place the source his righteousness his worthiness and the fact that he gave us the rules, the law. He told us, here it is. This is what is good and bad. And he put that. It's indwelled in everything that breathes. Knows what is right and wrong. Your dog knows what's right and wrong. Your dog will act wrong because he doesn't know better. He acts selfishly. Your 11-year-old doesn't know any better. You have to help them to understand but lead people back to the source back to this core truth the understanding of that which you cannot understand that he is worthy and righteous and you need to act as if there is a God So that's plan A. That's the secret, guys. I wasn't doing it. I, I need to do it. I have a block. This is um, my secret. I have a block against that. There's part of me that holds back, knowing what the truth is. And I, I'm... I could die tomorrow and... I feel like I would be apart from my God because I <clears throat> have created a false divide based on something that happened to me and feeling like I'm not worthy. So part of part of my path is getting me to a place of understanding about my worthiness and it's about me, it's not about my God. I know what the definition of perfect love is. God being God is infallible. Being God is perfectly righteous and just. And... I know what the truth is. I know the story. I know yeah, I'm a technical guy. I'm an IT guy and I can read the manual and understand the inner workings and the logic and the and how it functions. 
This is just one that I, I, I struggle with. I'm keeping myself apart. So you, dear listener, I, I hope that you're not keeping yourself apart from your creator, your source. If you are, we need to work on that. And there is a way. Maybe another day we'll talk about the way. I'm home, sitting here parked on the street. So I thank you for listening. My name is James, and this is Home from the Therapist. Thank you for listening.